Welcome to Be A Bigger Fish. This is the podcast that explores the power of podcasting. I'm Debbie Aurelius and I'm your host. This is season two of Be A Bigger Fish, in which we're taking a deep dive into the world of in-house podcasting. And I'm delighted to say that the guest for today's episode is John Bonoff. John is a writer and a content creator for GuideSpark. That's a company that delivers employee communication solutions to enterprises all over the world. John's part of an internal team that has been producing a company podcast for the last year. And that podcast is centered around GuideSpark's mission and the interactions and experiences and the challenges that he and his co-workers face as they're pursuing that. John's genuinely excited about podcasting as a platform for swapping perspectives and for encouraging people to align with a business's mission. He speaks very eloquently about how he set his podcast up in collaboration with his colleagues and his leadership team and about how his podcasting skills have developed over the past year. We have a really interesting conversation about the use of music and how that can make or break the tone of your podcast. What I found really touching was when he spoke about the evaluation methods he uses to assess how well his podcast is doing and the fact that it's become accepted as a cultural cornerstone in his organisation. I think that's something that any in-house podcaster would aspire to. So let's listen to John's perspective in this episode. I'm delighted to welcome John to the podcast this week. So welcome, John. Hey, Debbie, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. We got introduced through a mutual interest in in-house or internal comms podcasting, I would say. So would you kindly tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, so happy to be on the show. As you know, huge fan of the first season and the work that you're doing and kind of rallying the internal communications community around podcasting. I was so surprised and elated to, to find that. In terms of my sort of story or background, I have a, a background in writing and communications and have always been interested in ways that businesses are able to find connection points between their employees. And I see this huge growing fascination with culture and, and the ways that we connect as employees. And we kind of have similar experiences and challenges and how do we air those things out in a, in a way that actually moves companies forward? I work for an employee communications company. So we deal mostly with enterprise clients, you know, that have massive challenges and are constantly having to get creative about how to solve for those things. Done that for the last three years, again, as a writer. So writing scripts for short form animated videos and, and copy for infographics and emails and stuff like that seeing those things come together and seeing employees start to find some answers and make better decisions about benefits or, you know, financial lives, stuff like that. Very inspiring as someone, you know, looking out. And then I think the podcasting came into the picture when I became really interested in, in solving for some of those things for my coworkers. I work on a team with three other people in trying to make the podcast something that can create some of that inclusivity and some of that, you know, foster that self-expression. And so that's been a huge learning experience and, and really exciting and kind of the thing that I've been, you know, the most focused on for pretty much the last year. So yeah, really excited to be 
to be talking with you about it for sure. That's perfect. And what an interesting position you're in to be helping clients with their internal communications and focusing on that inside your own organization too. That's a a pretty unique perspective you've got. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Because the podcasting thing definitely started out as an experiment. Our manager at the time, this is maybe about a year ago, just over a year ago, was working with us in, in trying to think about new forms of content, new ways to contact employees and get them to engage um, in what's going on with their company and feel like some initiatives up top are actually things that they can have a say in, let alone, you know, should pay attention to. And so podcasts came about as, as a way that, you know, obviously in consumer culture, they're basically mainstream media now. In fact, 2019 is the first year that we can honestly say that most people in the U.S. have listened to a podcast. So it's the first time that over 50% have listened listen to a podcast. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's mainstream media now and, it, and something that pretty much everybody I work with is consuming in some way in their personal time. And so to bring that in and, and try to figure out a way to sort of podcastify some of the content that we wanted employees to engage with and was, was kind of the primary undertaking initially. And then, of course, it developed into a more kind of tactical way of just engaging with our coworkers and, and finding out what people really wanted to talk about, you know, in more of a personal vein. So it, it, it jumped off from just kind of an experiment and yeah, been doing been doing it ever since. That sounds great. So you kind of were prompted to look into podcasting by your senior leadership team. Is that right? Or was that a concept you had to sell into them at all? Luckily, there were a couple key individuals that were already huge fans of podcasting. So they didn't really know. Nobody really knew. And to this day, I would say nobody really knows for sure, you know, the the way to maximize podcasting because the effects it has, I think, are sort of intangible at the outset. This has come up a lot on your show. I know just the idea of trying to initiate two-way communication, not just in the sense of, you know, people are saying, I, I get it or, what you know, you're getting feedback, but actually having people in your organization produce content and and put themselves out there, that sort of thing, that kind of vulnerability, that trust that hopefully lays a framework for, you know, communication to launch off of. So they saw that there was some sort of basis for investment in in time and resource. At the outset, it was a lot of doing that in our non-work time. So the three other writers that I collaborate with, we were doing a lot of late nights trying to a, learn the skills and B, figure out exactly what type of stories we could build to get people on board and, and, and make it clear what we were trying to do, essentially. How did you go about acquiring those skills? Were you entirely self-taught? So I, as a writer, was already scripting short form uh, scripts for animated videos, sending those to voice talents, getting those back, pairing that and sending it to a designer for animation. So I had experience, um, but... As you know, it's 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 another level to start to edit and form a story and figure out exactly what, you know, elements of it you want to bring out and sort of underscore. So that was definitely the learning process and just those because this really was the first time that I dedicated myself to podcasting as as hoping to put something out I was proud of. So, yeah, it it was a lot of learning on the job in, in in that regard. And then, like I said, I work with three other people and we're able to kind of report back and, and figure things out as we go. 
it's great to have colleagues uh, working alongside you so you can get that dialogue going between you I think it helps you to share the load and also give that kind of gentle feedback that you can only get from people who are in it with you effectively isn't it yeah um, yeah totally and and I think you know we would come back after a couple of days of editing our own podcasts and we would just all be kind of wide-eyed and, and be like, whoa, did you notice that, you know, like we were using, we've been using Audition and we've never used it. We had never used it for something like this before. So it was just a lot of excitement around those new learnings. That's not something you typically get to do at your job, learn a completely new skill and kind of invest yourself in it. And I mean, I think that also speaks to one of the cool things about podcasting internally is that the people that you bring in to do episodes, that might be one of the funnest things they do all week. So there is that that sense of a new area for a lot of us. Yeah, I love that. And if you can capture that excitement as well, to get that into your internal comms content messaging, that kind of, you know, emotion of excitement and fun and that sort of thing is, is brilliant, isn't it? Totally. Well, it sounds like you've worked really hard to acquire the skills that you've got. Hats off to you. I know, I know what it's <laughs> like <laughs> trying to do that outside your day job. Yeah, I mean, it's also, it's just been really fun. I think I was pretty surprised at, at how much I enjoyed editing audio for like six hours at a time, I didn't anticipate, I, you know, I was not looking forward to that part of it, but it actually turned out to be kind of my favorite part, just seeing the story come together. It's, it's a new way of storytelling. It's kind of what we figured out. And I am a big fan of creative nonfiction and, and, and working kind of normal stories, real life stories into something that has a little bit more resonance. And so that definitely came through. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it, actually, as well, that kind of creative use of stories that aren't necessarily made up stories, but they're equally um, exciting and interesting that, you know, just for the fact that they're grounded in real life doesn't make that any less of a creative process. So right, right, exactly. I think people assume that once you've recorded the content, that's it, you just turn it around and publish it. But you just mentioned spending a long time editing. How long do you think it takes you in terms of editing, mixing, um, engineering, that kind of thing per, say, hour of, of content that you would share as a podcast? It's a good question. I think it really depends on the type of episode you want to create. Your, your, your podcast is largely based on that interview itself. And, and a lot of podcasts I listen to are like that, where it's, it's largely that conversation is the story. Um, and then you have podcasts that are kind of constructed to deliver another message. And that's kind of what we were doing originally, 10 to 15 minute podcast, shorter form, but really trying to deliver a message. So that takes a lot longer. For me, just starting out, like I said, I hadn't done that type of audio editing before. I would say I would try to get about an hour of audio and five, six hours of editing. And then you know, depending on what you want to do with with music and and other sort of effects and stuff, that isn't as simple as just grabbing a song and putting it in. For me, that also entails looking online and trying to. I've since subscribed to the paid site for audio, so it's a little bit easier. But that is, you know, another hour, possibly two in and of itself, and it can kind of add up. You definitely learn things that minimize that time, but I would definitely allow for that that bigger chunk of time at the outset and and give you, you know, kind of set that expectation for yourself. 
I think that's really fair. I think I said publicly it takes me about four hours per an hour of recorded time. So that's not even an hour of podcast, but that's an hour of recorded time that you have to process. So I think you're probably right. Allow yourself more than that at the beginning because everything's clunky and you haven't learned the shortcuts and, you know, it takes ages to figure it all out. And, and yeah, it does get quicker over time with practice for, for definite. You, you get used to seeing things even on the sound line, don't you, that you know you're going to have to edit before you even heard it. Right. It does get easier. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned music because that's something I wanted to ask you about because I, I've listened to your podcast <laughs> and I think that you use music really skillfully. So is that something you tried to learn specifically or has, has, is that something that's just evolved as, as you've learned how to do this? First of all, thank you. I think it's something that can kind of make or break the episode. I've, I've definitely heard podcasts, you know, my early podcasts included, where it can get distracting and it can kind of go in a slightly different direction than the tone of the story and the, and the message you're setting. And that is obviously not good. And so I would rather hear someone talk than be, you know, kind of trying to choose between the tone of the music and the tone of the conversation. And so I mentioned that it can take time. For me, that was way more time consuming than I had anticipated just finding the right song to use. It's not that the quality of the song was bad necessarily. It's just that it's different and it's not exactly what I wanted. And so that certainly makes it tougher. You, you've mentioned the Deloitte podcast, the Green Room podcast on your show before. Okay. They, you know, they make everything in-house, including the music for that show. And, and I really envy them because they have complete control over that tone. And I think that is a really good investment. And it's also really cool that they're able to do that with their own employees. But finding the right tone, I think, is is the toughest thing. And so if you're able, I've been really trying to actually get my good friend who's a pianist to lay some tracks down and just like create it from scratch, because I think that's that's really key is just putting in the time to, to find the right tone. Yeah. And you would be uh, doing well, I think, to get some original music content as well, if you could do that. Totally. They they have a real way of hooking memories, I think, pieces of music. Mm -hmm. You can associate a piece of music with something, a time, a place or piece of information really quickly. So right. from that perspective, I think they're really helpful, almost like memory tool. You know, it, it, they, they can really help um, your content to become more memorable if you use them wisely. But you're right. Choosing for tone is so important. And yeah, I've, I've spent long hours sifting through music clips trying to find exactly the right one right. Uh, to yeah, underpin a piece of content. It is a skill, I think. Yeah. And I would say it's also extremely rewarding just like having finished yeah. a podcast and finally lacing in the music is maybe the best feeling of the whole project. Just kind of putting the bow on it and having it click and basically having a soundtrack almost for what's going on. It, it, yeah, it's very satisfying. We dug a little bit into how you got the skills you needed to podcast. And I think some of those skills came through the role that you do anyway, professionally. Mm -hmm. Is that the same with equipment? Did you use the equipment that you already had to hand or have you invested in specific tools and equipment for podcasting? Yeah. So a little bit of a similar situation. We, podcasting starting out, we just had a USB mic and we were just in a closet and did our best to make that sound good in audition and 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 that considered it wasn't you know it didn't sound bad but i think as we went on there's definitely that tipping point where if folks that are listening get the sense that it's produced in a closet um you know that it is a little bit of a barrier for engagement obviously just thinking about how much we listen to podcasts that are essentially perfectly produced in our personal time you 
think about that when you're listening. And so we were obviously on, you know, on the creating side, wanting to kind of up our game a little bit. And then luckily there's kind of an overlap between what I do for the company and and this, which is that we have some in-house voice talents and we have some uh, contracted uh, voice talents. And so we needed microphones to kind of make that audio quality better as we started to add that more to our arsenal. So we kind of paired with the people that were getting that equipment set up and, and luckily we're able to make it work for kind of both efforts. And so we now have two really nice microphones. I'm on one right now and mm-hmm. uh, a mixer and a headphone mixer. And it's really nice equipment to to the point where I don't feel inhibited by it at all. And I think that's the main thing. It's not at all something I'm trying to make up for in editing or anything like that. And I think it also kind of sets a tone for when we bring people down and we talk to people, they know that we're we're taking it seriously. We're trying to make it a part of the company and, and an outlet for people to talk about things that, you know, really matter and, and that impact the rest of the company. And so I think that is a part of how it's become kind of a legitimate cultural element of, of our group. That's a really good point. It's lovely to hear that you started with what you had and then invested a little bit in order to demonstrate how seriously you're taking this as a channel. Yeah, I, I think like one of the individuals that was really integral in us kind of getting it off the ground, a huge advocate, always just generally says when you're trying to get buy-in on anything, show something instead of telling something. So if if we were to go up to leadership and say, hey, podcasting, great idea, we're passionate about it, let's get it going, and have nothing to show for what we've learned and, and how enthusiastic we are, we're just saying it. I think Rachel on your show mentioned something to the effect of, you know, as a business leader, as someone whose job it is to make decisions about resources and things like that, it's it's too easy in that situation to say no. That there isn't there isn't a problem being presented. There isn't a solution for that problem being presented. Likely they're not going to be able to make that investment and and kind of take that plunge. But if you take the time to make a sample podcast with whatever equipment you have handy with your iPhone and present that and just say, hey, this is a rough cut, but this is along the lines of what we're thinking, that you were demonstrating that you care, that you're into it, that it can be done. And then if you are able to extend that effort up front over time, there, yeah, you're able to give it its due and, and kind of sit down and think about, okay, how can we do this legitimately as if you know we're representing our company through it. Great suggestion to show rather than tell. I really love that idea. So yeah, just make a sample. This is what a podcast would sound like. This is like you say, rough cut, because we don't really have the tools right now, but this is what it, it could be like. And yeah, what a fantastic idea. I think. That's... Yeah. The other thing is just to actually take the time to figure out if you actually believe in what you're doing. And I think that's something that I kind of did in stages. I thought it was just really exciting at first and it was fun to do and it was fun to collaborate with with people in making it. And then I thought about, okay, do I actually really believe that podcasts have the ability to, you know, have an impact on on businesses in this way and inspire people to be a little bit more upfront about how they feel about the company and stuff like that. And, you know, it was kind of a process of admitting, yes, I do believe that. And then, well, how do I convey that? I can't just say that. I have to actually put the time in and try to get something out and, you know, spend some late nights and and work with the team to figure out how we're going to distribute it and all that sort of stuff. So if you can be completely solid with it in yourself, that will permeate and that will be evident to leaders. 
Yeah, good point. Just make it impossible for them to say no. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned distribution, which is a topic I know lots of internal communicators struggle with. How do you distribute your podcast and what would your suggestions be for handling that? So I guess, unfortunately for the question, but fortunately for me, we, we are able to use our sort of proprietary platform for putting it out and, and trying to get by. And one of the big pieces was trying to prove an actual business need for the podcast. And one of the ways we did that was saying, we're going to use our own platform. We're going to figure out what it's like to be administrators. We're going to have learnings. We're going to see holes. We're going to see ways to improve the product. And that was true. That wasn't just, you know, something we wrote down because we needed to have an answer or whatever. We were able to use it um, and kind of stretch it and figure out how it would work for this type of project. And and luckily, it has really extensive metrics. You can see who has, you know, we would we would put them out over emails at the beginning. So we would see who has clicked into the email, who has followed the call to action to the episode, who has listened to the episode more than halfway, and then also good data on who is listening. So which department are they from? Where, where are they located? And then we're able to start to personalize messaging a little bit so that we can you know, send it to certain populations and stuff like that. Getting engagement in the early going is a process of much more than just looking at metrics. We were we were trying to talk to people. We were trying to have conversations in the kitchen and just break through that barrier of of people might not want to talk about it or might not be interested in it initially, but just kind of say, hey, have you got a chance to listen to this? What do you think? And then a couple of times we were even able to hold kind of little forums and get an idea of what people might see as valuable. Another big thing for us was creating some channel for interactivity. So we have Slack at our company and we um, basically just created a channel for people to post comments after the episodes would come out. So one episode we kind of focused in on a certain company value that we have and we were talking to people we thought represented that value really well. And then we had people tag someone that they thought represented that value well. And, and so it kind of created that tidal wave of, of people getting tagged and then tagging other people and so forth. And um, that was that was cool to see. You know, it's one of the main aims of the podcast is just to uncover what's already there in terms of culture, in terms of the people that are around us. It's not like we're creating any anything. We're just trying to shine light on what's what's already going on. I think that's a huge part of any cultural effort is knowing that it's only going to be as powerful as the people that are participating in it. And then we also found it valuable to kind of try a couple different things at the outset to launch it. So we did, we made a trailer for it and we put posters up, physical posters in, in the different locations and stuff like that. And, you know, tried to get it into the, just the general view of the different offices. So advertise it through all your other channels effectively. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of getting people to tag people as well, yeah. because, you know, that's a value they particularly exemplify. For example, what a great idea that I can imagine that uh, working really well in most places, actually. Yeah. And I think, yeah, mm-hmm. people are happy to have that outlet to, to recognize people. It's just not something that, you know, is offered um, normally. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes just a question of something really simple, but that you've actually put it out there and prompted people to reply. People sometimes waiting, aren't they, for an invitation to get involved in the conversation rather than sort of pushing their way forward. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. How has your podcast evolved then? Yeah, one of the biggest learnings, I think, is something I, I, I mean, aside from the quality getting better, just the actual sound of it, I think you start to get a bigger respect for 
the authenticity of conversation and over editing is something that can easily happen. So there's this delicate balance between just sort of an informational interview and an actual conversation. And the latter, I think, is the thing that really locks you in as a listener. And and certainly that's the case for me, where, you know, if you chop that up too much, it just starts to sound like stacks of information. And so as editors and creators of those kind of more condensed stories, that's the thing that started to kind of be something I wanted to avoid and maybe was doing a little bit of initially. So uh, leaning away from kind of trying to soundbite, soundbite ties your interview and trying to (laughs) stick with the sort of path that the person is on when they're talking. And I think there's a lot of ways you can facilitate that with your prep, but it also just comes through and that's totally a skill that I'm still developing and something that I'm trying to kind of study up on. You do a a really good job of that. Thank you. And yeah, fostering a, a a more kind of normal conversation like you would have with someone in your office. And so that has started to be more of kind of a mainstay of the the content we're, we're putting out, getting a little bit more long form, trying to not, lim- you know, try not to limit ourselves to that 10, 15 minute range and trusting that if, if done right, people will engage with a longer podcast. I think that's just it kind of dials in what's really valuable about the podcast medium, which is that you actually get to understand how someone thinks and how someone's experience kind of feeds into the way that they operate. And and I mean, that's what really attracted me to podcasting in the first place is feeling that connection with someone, feeling that connection with a stranger and, and you know, understanding how they just think about things and think through things. And so the more you're able, I think, to demonstrate that, the more enticing your podcast will be. You're right. You know, having a, like a ballpark of, of what you want to talk about and roughly what you're going to cover is helpful. But allowing that to happen organically is the most powerful of all, isn't it? Yeah. And exactly like you say, that gives you an insight into how somebody is thinking through a, a situation, which can be really enlightening. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Agree. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I mean, I listen to all genres of podcasts, you know, comedic and historical and um, spiritual and it's not really so much the subject matter genre as it is the people and not necessarily the host, but, you know, even the range of guests they bring on. It's a connection to who they are. So that I think that's the kind of meat of it. Yeah, that's the power of podcasting is, is you, you can't really hide your authentic self when you're able to open up in a conversation. And so putting that out is, is powerful. It's really powerful. Yes, it is. And it fits so well with what you said about um, upholding the culture by uncovering what's already there, you know, and kind of highlighting what it takes to make that culture. How have you managed to achieve that, do you think, in your in-house podcast? Have you had many colleagues contributing their voices? Has that gone yeah, well for yeah. you? Yeah, I think it's especially valuable in terms of taking it into a business sense, just because, you know, if you think about companies, there's 10, 20,000 people the voices of leadership are are usually heard through emails or maybe through a town hall video or maybe every once in a blue moon uh, an in-person meeting with a large group of people that sort of thing but in order to actually understand those people let alone be on board with what they're about or their vision and that sort of thing podcasts can i think cut through a lot of that and not just for leadership but you know i'm interested in what people in other departments are are about and how they see the company and the challenges they face and how they interact with other people. Having that sense of 
direct understanding of what someone's perspective is, is rare bordering on inexistent in the business space. And so I think that's one of the main reasons for this wave that you and I are both kind of having fun writing is, is podcasts are able to kind of cut through that. And I think that's also just a kind of modern day answer to a problem in that like that sense of authentic connection, sitting down and really having a conversation with someone is not as you know, common as, as I think we need and we would like. And so that sense of, you know, it's someone in your ear, it's quiet, it's, it's inherently an, an intimate form of communication. And if it's someone that you know and work with, I think that's really powerful just in now I know, now I know what this person is, is going through and that sort of thing. And so we just want to hear from people. And I think opening that up is where things start to get going. Yeah. And Achieving that sense of connection, even in a really large organisation, I think is more possible through podcast content than a lot of the other content we yeah. use in our comms mix. Totally. So there's a phenomenon people call pod fade, where they start their podcast and they have brilliant ideas for about the first six episodes and then they're not sure what to do for the seventh and then it all kind of dissolves away and they hmm. stop doing it. Yeah. Um, how can you prevent That's that happening? Funny. How can you have a constant supply of inspiration? I wonder if now that I'm aware of that concept, it'll start to affect me more. <laughs> I am lucky, again, like I said, that I, I work with three other people. It's not at all something I'm doing on myself like you are. Focus generally on the themes, but also just the people that you want to connect with. Luckily, I think, again, it's just an advantage of podcasting that when you really sit down and and you know, have your list of questions and, and you're kind of your base to jump off of, something cool will probably come out, something interesting, something worth listening to. And then just try to follow that. And that, again, is one of the advantage, advantages of being prepped is that you're not thinking about the next question that you have to ask. You can just be confident that you know all that stuff and you can be actively listening. And I think the more that you can shut out that part of your mind that's like, crap, I don't want there to be you know, a hiccup or a silence, I need to keep coming with the questions. The more you can kind of sink into exactly what someone's saying, the easier it is to follow. I mean, I would definitely recommend uh, collaborating with with people around you. Another effort we were launching about a year ago is more of an external facing podcast for marketing and trying to tap into some of the things that are relevant you know, in our industry. And we would get these sort of raw messages that they were thinking about, things that they know are relevant to to people like you and to people that are, you know, just kind of tracking trends and stuff like that. And we would really have to talk through, okay, how are we going to make this something that people actually want to listen to? Because if it's just a concept like that, let's just put that in an article. It's going to, again, take some podcastifying to, which is just literally a, a conversation about what do we actually think about this and doing our research, what what pops for us, that sort of thing. So yeah, something that's that's tangible for, for listeners. That's really interesting. And when you use the term podcastify, <laughs> which I think you've used a couple of times, I love that term. I might have to steal that. It does challenge you to think about how content will transfer from, say, written format, email format, newsletter format into something uh, that people will engage with on, on an audio platform. And maybe that's a really good way for us to test the effectiveness of our comms in general. Because if we say it out loud and it sounds so uninteresting, we don't want to say it in our podcast, 
that's got to be an acid test for how interesting it is to read it, right? So if we can find a different angle to approach that information that makes it suddenly pop, like you said, so now I see the relevance of this and it's worth me tuning into this information. You know, maybe that's a really good way for us to sharpen up our whole comm skill set, to be mm -hmm. honest. Yeah. One of the episodes I sent you, the last one was... I wanted to make an episode around open enrollment and, and what type of programs we're starting to offer. Pretty dry material normally, and I think not something that people would, you know, on a Sunday afternoon tune in to listen to an hour of content about, but how can we make that something, not how can we glitz it up and how can we put bows on it and stuff like that. It's It's more just, this is something that applies to us applies to our lives personally, you know, like whether we want to admit it or not, there's situations where we really need to be confident in our benefits and confident in how to use them and, and stuff like that. And so I thought it would be cool to talk to our, our coworker that administers benefits, what it's like for her, what questions does she get, and trying to provide um, a way for people to feel like that's something that they can own and, again, be confident in, you know, these are my benefits and I'm confident that I have the right ones and that I know about certain programs that are actually specifically suited to me and, and ones that aren't and that sort of thing. And it worked out. It, it, it was cool to connect with, with her and, and it's in our purview to, to try to understand that and, and as podcast, podcast creators to figure out an angle that, that we can take on it to be able to access it in that way. I listened to that episode and I thought it was very successful. One of the tactics that you deployed was to put um, that colleague you interviewed on the spot and asked her some spot questions. She responded to that in a really charming way and I thought that was lovely content. So that sort of light humour that you captured in that moment made that podcast really real. Thanks. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. We talked a little bit about distribution inside your workforce. Do you share your podcast publicly and is that something that you've discussed at all? Um, so there has been some discussion. We are currently just putting it out internally. And there's kind of a technical aspect of that in that we're still deciding how we would put it out externally, you know, whether that's through an RSS feed or in some way through our platform. And I think that's a really cool idea. And I think if it's something that you can be solid with internally and start to feel like it is a part of your I don't want to say identity, but it's 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 something that you're proud of internally. And people that are working at the company are into, you know, why wouldn't you want to share that? Like you would share your social media feed and, and other things. And so, yeah, I think I think it's a powerful thing. And I definitely I think it's also just a really cool gauge on how people are interacting with their coworkers, which is essentially culture. And so what's kind of the state of transparency in, in huge corporations? podcasts are a bit of a window into that mm -hmm. and you can tell if it's a podcast that was made to kind of represent something or is it made by the people that work there and that are into it and i think the latter is 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 a really cool thing for for candidates for prospective clients and there's that part of it too that i think that leadership can be interested in and then there's also just the you know i'm i'm happier working here knowing that i'm i have that opportunity and so making that legitimate um I think it, it goes a long way. Yes. Another thing you mentioned briefly earlier on was evaluation and the fact that on your platform, you're able to get some pretty good data around who's opening the podcast, who's clicking on the call to action and how far through the episode they, they're getting. Have you extended that out into what's the sort of longer term impact 
of your podcast content. So have you been able to track any behavior change since people have listened to the podcast episode? It's a good question. I would say that just in terms of how people are starting to refer to it and, you know, we have company meetings fairly regularly and I think it's still in its early stages in terms of the more impactful issues that we're able to discuss. It started out as almost completely a personal exploration of how people were thinking and the experiences that they had. And then I think we've started to get more and more interested in bigger scale topics, open enrollment, something everybody's experiencing, bigger company changes, stuff like that. I can't really speak to any specific behavior changes I've seen as a result of the podcast. I think it would it would take a little bit longer to see the exact effects of it. But I know that like from the feedback I've gotten about it, the way it's mentioned in the company meetings and and, and kind of referred to and, and as sort of a cultural cornerstone, both by leadership and, and by people, you know, I, I work with more directly. It's a good sign for me that um, people are at least open to it. And one member of leadership had the idea to start to put the podcast in other people's hands and say, you know, what would our SVP of product like to talk about and and let him you know, lead an episode or something like that. Try to literally give people ownership over it. See what kind of content would come out if if people had direct discretion over the topics of discussion. I think the more people are active in 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 what goes on in the podcast and and interested in that, that's you know that's a good sign. Yeah, excellent. I really appreciate you sharing your sort of process and that process of evolution with us. That's been super helpful. But look into the future. Do you have aspirations for it? Well, where do you hope your podcast will go in the future? Um, I think we started out um, and, you know, going back to leveling with leadership and getting buy-in. Initially, we drafted a mission statement that we all, you know, collaborated on for a week or two, trying to figure out exactly what we wanted to stick to with it. And I think that went a long way in them realizing that we were serious about it. And it was just kind of along the lines of, trying to create inclusion, trying to give people a way to speak on things and, and foster self-expression, but also give us another way to rally around certain business goals. And I think it's hard if it's just a way for people to kind of speak their mind. I think that has to be in the vein of we're all here for the same reason. We're here to see our company succeed in whatever skill and, and function we, we serve. So I, I would love to see the podcast go in a direction of kind of like it is going where we're talking about issues that are integral to the company's growth and the company's success. And I think it's a lot of times digging into some things that are currently challenging or that maybe aren't necessarily happening in a cultural sense in terms of you know transparency or just awareness of the market and things like that. And not to say those things are you know not happening within our company, but I think there's always going to be something that we're kind of edging up against. And to use the podcast as a way to have a conversation about how we can break through that or see what kind of differences we have, you know, between departments and our perspectives and facing that and having a conversation and then being able to move on that conversation and hopefully creating kind of a springboard for those those types of larger efforts. I think that would be Awesome. That would be awesome. And I think yeah, that, that's a great way to get your podcast really hardwired into the business's strategy. You, you spoke earlier about it being kind of tactical at the moment, I guess, to, to elevate it to become a yeah, strategic tool. Mm -hmm. Then it does have to tackle those broader issues, doesn't it? And, and like the way to 
how you can get people more switched on to things that will help to inform their role, even though it's it's wider of their role mm-hmm. in a tangible way, you know, in a way that pays you back. Yeah, I like how you phrased it hardwired into the strategy. I like that. That's cool. Excellent. What a fascinating conversation. I'm so grateful to you for sharing your thought processes and all that experience that you've gained um, through your work, not just uh, as an internal communicator where you work, but as a professional working in the internal comms industry too. It's been really insightful. So thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for saying that. Um, And, you know, for the opportunity to come on and think through some of these things and um, also for the work you do. It's, It's seriously very inspiring. And I think um, it's kind of one of those things that's going to grow step by step and take individuals like yourself to, you know, paint a bigger picture, uh, a more detailed picture around some of these things. And so really appreciate that as well. And yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. That's very kind of you to say that. Thanks a lot. It really means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, you take care. Hopefully we'll All right. see you soon. Sounds good. Bye. I'd like to say a huge thank you to John. That was such an interesting conversation and I learned such a lot from his experiences. I really hope that you picked up some interesting information in that conversation too and that it's helped to encourage you to explore podcasting or just the use of audio as part of your internal communications strategy. If you'd like to find out more about John or about GuideSpark, then go along to beabiggerfish.net and look up the show notes for this episode where I will post some links for you. I'm always delighted to engage with my listeners on social media. So if you've got any questions at all about in-house podcasting, then please feel welcome to join in the conversation. You can get in touch with me through Twitter. I'm there as Debbie Aurelius or as Peppermint Fish C. So that's Peppermint Fish with the letter C at the end for communications. I'm also on Instagram at Peppermint Fish C. And you can find me on LinkedIn too. And I'm on LinkedIn as Debbie Aurelius. I'd like to thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I look forward to seeing you at the next one. Bye bye for now.